listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Good morning. How'd everyone sleep last night? Thank you for starting your day with us. Or ending your day with us. Or this is the middle of the day. Thank you for, in the middle of the day, tuning into us. I like starting real specific and hoping there's at least one person who just feels like I nailed it. <laughs> Someone just woke up and turned us in and they're like, they get me. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Pawnee Public Radio. I'm Hannah. I'm Will. I, I was worried you weren't going to say I'm Will. No, no, no. I'm I here for worried, you. Yeah. I was worried to go, I'm, welcome to Pawnee Public Radio. I'm Hannah. That was, it's always good to start with the trust exercise. We we played a trust. Did you ever play the game? Je, what is it? Please, someone immediately correct my French. But I think it's jetome. It's like I'm falling in French. Is that right? I don't, I don't speak French. Yo hablo espanol. Oh, nice. Well, I don't know. Do you? <laughs> I think. Did you ever play jetome in uh in like an improv class? And then you just you, start falling. And, and someone then someone to has to catch me? you. Why do you have to yeah. say it in French, though? Isn't that just the falling exercise? Maybe it is. We played like a French version where you would say, jeton. I think um, it added like a little. You, I feel like you had a much fancier type of acting class than I did. <laughs> um, anyway, the, the moral of the story is that too many people totally committed and totally fell down. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys, yeah. the trust exercise of this episode is that we hope you watched it. And if you did, you're catching us now listening. You're you're very much the did you do your homework last night vibe, which I think is important. You know, I think there's a certain kind of work ethic that, I mean, we're certainly bringing to the table, you know? Are you shaming? Up on the Are you shaming? <laughs> no, you guys, you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to have watched the episode. We still want you here. Yeah, take out your Parks and Rec workbooks. And you're going to yeah, want to turn it You're like guilting them. You're like the guilty teacher. You're it's not just like, I did learned. you do your homework? You're like, did you do your homework? You know, I stayed up till 5 a.m. grading papers. This is why I'm still single. It's because <laughs> I care so much about this class. Like, did you do your work? You up the ante in that uh, teacher Everything scenario. Everything gets a little better with just a little bit of shame. <laughs> That's Everyone, if you're listening, gosh, well, you know you just like, woke up. <laughs> if you just woke up, I like how like if you're still listening, as if maybe they gave up in that first two minutes. <laughs> uh, if you're still listening, this ep- this week's episode, we watched season one, episode three of Parks and Recreation called The Reporter. Mm. How do you feel after watching it? First feelings before we jump into the story. From the gut, before we get intellectual... Yeah. Let's engage the full body. Yeah. Um, How do your knees feel? How do your feet feel? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Saying that does make me just want to stretch and acknowledge <laughs> that I have a squeaky chair and that this um, this podcast will occur within the context of a squeak every now and then when I get really excited. So listen I, for that. If you hear Will's so chair squeak, uh, please tweet at us. It's yeah, squeaked. Just tweet, tweet squeak. Um, in real you- time, please. <laughs> I feel so, pretty good. I yeah. feel, um, I feel, and I feel, oh, wait, I interrupted you. You go. We can, we can take turns. 
Because I, I mentioned that I feel kind of like you did have a stronger emotional reaction to this. I, did. I felt like like um I was seeing old friends for the first time in this episode because there there are like elements and there are sort of like textures that we get introduced to for the first time um that that feels like you know walking through your old high school after being yeah. away for a while for me i felt like if we're sticking with the old friends metaphor mm-hmm. it you don't want to like, go high school you want to stick with friends i'm just gonna say i'm gonna stick with friends i'm gonna say it's like seeing old friends behave really badly and mm. not trust themselves. And so the whole time, I'm just like, oh, you're better than this. But like within it, while we were watching it through again, I realized there are a ton of moments of joy and a ton of um, little like nuggets of really good lines. So like the end of this episode, it like ends on a positive. It ends on a hopeful note. Mm. But there's just a lot of frustration with me this episode. And I, I will explain ends- why. It ends on a hopeful nope. Should okay. we less we weep into we the episode? <laughs> I was trying to come up with a pun in return. Um, <laughs> so like we always explain, uh, we are we love TV and we paid thousands of dollars to Northwestern to study TV. So mm-hmm. From those thousands of dollars, we know to break down the story into an A story and a B story. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also you'll recognize these letters as the first two letters from the English alphabet. Go on, Hannah. I guess we didn't need to pay thousands of dollars just to come to that conclusion about TV. Um, so there's an A story and there's a B story this episode. Um Will, do you want to lead the way on this little uh, A story of what happened, the main meat of the episode? Yeah, I, and I and I think it's important too to to make space acknowledge no C story. You know, a quick moment of silence for a C story that never was. Yes, we a quick, see just, a, a glimpse. Quick moment of, a quick little moment of silence. Uh, we see like a glimpse of Donna, who's not yet a recurring character, yeah. or a main character, and I just you know I feel like. I feel like if they were at full cast, we would get a C story from somebody. But unfortunately, really we're so point. we're so limited in our cast in this early season that we see one shot of Donna and Will and I both went, Donna! <laughs> Even <laughs> though she really doesn't say it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like the fact that she's <clears throat> not a main cast and while Jerry is the opener, he's not really main cast right now. I don't believe he's booked as main cast, Will. I don't think so. I think he's mostly relegated to leading preteen nature. And if, if we're wrong about him not being main cast, well, good, because that, that would be very Jerry of us to demote him before <laughs> his time. Um, so we'll lead the way with the main story. What what happens in the episode three, The Reporter? So this is all about the press. Much like seasons of The Wire will focus on a different aspect of a small town life. Maybe maybe I don't need to draw an analogy to the wire. Maybe I can stick to my A story like we uh, agreed I would. <laughs> this story, we kick it off shortly after a preteen nature walk with Jerry and some preteens. Um, Leslie decides that the best way to make sure that the pit project gets done Mm-hmm. is to uh, put a spotlight on it, get some attention from the press, keep things moving. 
Um, so she invites a reporter. The reporter. The name of the episode is The Reporter. Thank you. Tweep. Um, to come and do a story about the pit. But things don't go exactly as planned as usual. I think any recap should have like... Hijacks. Yeah. <laughs> Hijinks. What if we had an episode occur. of a sitcom where everything went perfect? Like the reporter came, Shauna showed up, and she was just like, she nailed the, the interview so much that the part gets built the next day. I feel like that would be a great sitcom. So every every scene ends with someone kind of looking to the camera and just being like, whew, that wasn't so bad. And then you just like get to watch people be good at their jobs. Phew, that was a close call. That's what the sitcom would be called. Close calls. So Shauna, yeah. the reporter, yeah. is interviewing Leslie, who immediately panics, doesn't stick to the strategy. Things start to fall apart. Stories start to reveal themselves that mm-hmm. don't reflect well on the pit. Or upon our hero, Andy, who hurt his two legs in the pit. Um, and Leslie, who at this point in the show leans heavily on Mark, asks him to help. Mark gets deeply involved, causes more trouble. Um, For those who may not have just watched the ep- episode, the deeply involved means he hooks up with Miss Shauna Malway tweet. There's um, a hook Listen, deeply involved. Anyone who just watched the episode will be like, ah, I get what he's saying. (laughs) Dirty wink, wink. But I feel like we should clarify for those who didn't watch the episode. She asked him to fix it and he sleeps with her so that she gives uh, Leslie a redo interview. But Leslie has a huge crush on Mark at this point. And when she figures out that Shauna has just hooked up with Mark... Tanks the second interview as well. Hannah, I know that you're pretty hard on Mark. Is that fair to say? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. Okay. I just like every once in a while, and keep me to this, I want to take your temperature and I want to see if there's ever a moment where you're like, I kind of have a crush on Mark in this scene. I've never been attracted to Mark Brandanowitz. I think the listeners should hear that (laughs) loud and clear. But to wrap up this C story... Or a story. See, I think of Mark and I just give him the lowest story. Uh, to wrap this up, she finds out, you know, Mark drops Shauna off at the pit where they're supposed to do the redo interview. Mm-hmm. But then Leslie's like, oh my gosh, they hooked up and tanks it again. Yeah. Short of short of falling, literally falling into the pit, she does that in, in terms of her performance. <laughs> I love that. So what yeah. happens next? So Leslie panics. She goes to her now. It seems like immediately her closest friend, <laughs> which is Anne. She goes over to Anne's and Perkins. Leslie loves intensely. It doesn't surprise me that it only took three episodes for Anne to be her confidant. Yeah. And I think it's it's a combination of she needs someone to help and she needs someone to help her. And Anne fills that role beautifully. Mm. Leslie goes over. She confides. She spills what I will call the tea about Mark and Shauna. Anne gives her the advice, which Leslie already had to go and confront Mark Brandanowitz in his office. And so Leslie goes and she does and things don't go exactly as she planned. Mark quits the subcommittee. Leslie is left alone. It's up to Anne to go and confront Mark. Tell him we got to make things right. Well, because before, before that happens, 
Oh, Leslie, I'm getting all worked up. <laughs> no, Leslie gets another interview with Mar- uh, Shauna Malway Tweep. We're introduced to JJ's Diner, which is very exciting, or this episode, but she goes to JJ's Diner and is very positive about the pit. But Shauna Malway Tweep starts listing all the like bad quotes people have said about the pit. Which, as a journalist, I mean, that is. That's your mean. job it's is to mean. reveal your oh, sources. You said it's your job. And I said it's mean to list all the negativity. No. So it, she lists all the negativity and she finds out mm. that one of the negative quotes was from Mark. Mark didn't realize that when he was in bed with Shauna Malway Tweep, that was still on the record. He forgets to say off the record. And mm. that's when, when Ann Perkins finds that out, she goes to Mark and says, we got to fix this. So Mark and Leslie, uh, Mark and Anne try to fix it, and they almost do. Shauna goes, well, we're in a romantic relationship. I won't publish that. But Mark goes, uh, we're in a romantic relationship? And he really screws the pooch, so she still publishes all the things. And maybe worse. And maybe, maybe worse. Before, yeah. But Mark does apologize. And the article that's published, while very neg- negative, ends on a hopeful, we'll see. Hopeful. Nope. How many times do you have to repeat a pun before it becomes laugh out loud funny, do you think, Hannah? I don't know. Two times? Three times? Never? <laughs> So that is the main, uh, that's the main story. But the secondary story, the B story, is very straightforward. Well, the A yeah, story, can, as you can tell. I can try to take this one. No, it's okay. I got it. Um, I got the, so mixed up around Jerry's Diner. What? I got so mixed up around Jerry's Diner. Listen, the A story has twists and turns. The B story does not. It is basically Tom lets Ron his boss win in a Scrabble words with friends type game. But April decides to jump onto Tom's computer and play Mm. a hard word. When Ron finds out that Tom played a hard word, he's like, Oh, more sound effects again. Uh, And that's basically the whole B story. And we'll talk about why we feel like these characters got relegated to the B story. But while the A story has, Many paths to walk. The B story is just really from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. Just spelling it out for us. And it and it ends in a way <laughs> the B story does end in a really funny way where Ron Ron has a uh, like a talking head scene and is basically just like, I I know that I know that Tom lets me win, but I like him because he isn't invested in his job and he doesn't take initiative and he <laughs> So it kind of like deflate it like the end of the B storyline also takes away any stakes that it that it may be yeah. at. The B story, like here's here's, you know, my feelings on this episode. I felt very strong things, like I said, watching this episode. And I think one of the things I felt really strong about was I miss the thing I miss that will come later is the Leslie Ron relationship. When Leslie's in trouble. She goes to Ron, and eventually when Ron's in trouble, he goes to Leslie, and it's this beautiful relationship that becomes the heart of the show. Mm. Well, right now, instead of going to Ron, Leslie goes to Mark, and Mark is just mean to her. So 
because Ron is not the confidant yet, he's relegated mm-hmm. to this like Scrabble story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I will I will say, especially, you know, right now, summer of 2020, with uh one perk of the B storyline is that sports have been canceled, so it's exciting to watch a live game. You know, I that's think that's true. It that's, was it, yeah. it, like the back and forth, you know, the Will, the sportsmanship, the camaraderie. Oh, man, you're right. It's basically like basketball's back. Yeah. <laughs> because of this B story. Um, yeah, I just, it was just, it's just, that's a bummer. I yeah. miss, it's like as much as I get frustrated with Leslie and Mark, I'm also just frustrated that we don't get Ron and Leslie. Like, that is the show. Yeah. It is. I mean, it feels like the Liz Lemon, Don. It, it's uh, is Don. Wait, did I just mess up his name? No, Liz Lemon. Who's her boss? Alec Baldwin. He's googling for the listeners. He didn't. He. <laughs> it's the Liz I'm, Lemon Alec Baldwin relationship. Uh, right, right, right. One Don. is real, and one is the actor. <laughs> Look, you know, Liz Levin and Alec Alec Baldwin, the the classic. The iconic on-screen duo. (laughs) Jack, 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 Jack Donahue. Oh, Don, Donahue. That's why I kept saying Don, Jack Donahue. You know, there's this, yeah. We'll count it. (laughs) We'll count it. Uh, In the sports game that is remembering names, we'll count it. Um, It also also feels like (laughs) maybe we can bear everything to high school in this episode (laughs) but it does it reminds me of watching um like seeing your friend be with someone that you know they shouldn't be with kind of things with leslie and mark paired up well we need to actually you know what quick subject change we need to talk real quick about something will because you brought up cool kids in high school being mark the last podcast we did i said that i just started listing the guys that were cute when I was in middle school and high school and the guys that I thought were too cool for school. I just started listing them by first and last name. And you said, wow, we're really naming names. And I thought, who cares? One of them tweeted at me. Don't he, talk to me. Talk to him. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to read. I think this is a need to read the tweet situation. So mm. Addison Williams, who was uh, very cool in middle school. Some, he tweeted at me and said this, at Hannah Lil Nesson. That's my Twitter handle. Got a cryptic message from a friend last night that just read 5850 with a link to your podcast. <laughs> Chiming in to say hello, wavy emoji. And then he said, I peaked in middle school for sure. And then he screenshotted the podcast at that point, which is apparently, well, he screenshotted it at 5835. Uh, apparently that's, Someone sent him the timestamp where I mentioned him. That's a good friend. Um, I have a lot of feelings about this. The first one is, I can't believe we're, we're one away from the people we're talking to. That means someone's listening on the other end. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> what did you think was going on here? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought we were talking into these mics. <laughs> so my first feeling is excitement that yeah. people are listening. We My should be clear too that our the mics we're using are it's just two cans connected by a piece of string. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't know our that. Surprises, yeah. Um, What's your yeah. second? 
Your kind second of, thing. Second thought is probably the sound effect of, oh, I mentioned purple mm-hmm. and they listened. Uh, that was like a sound effect combined with words. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I guess I always, you know, I called someone cute that I thought, you know, it's just um, back, you know, in middle school, I would have been horrified. I think Ooh, one I- time I actually wrote in a diary. I like Addison third grade. And then his friend found the diary and spread it around and I was mortified. And now I'm like on a podcast talking about it. Is that growth or is that something else? Like, a, is that, should I be embarrassed? I think it's evolution. evolution. It's evolution in the way that, that it's still like, you know, it's like whales that have the skeletal structure of little hands. It's exactly like that. Vestigial structures. I think it's that kind of evolution where there's Whales growth. Whales that have this... The, can you send me a photo of this whale? So vestigial would be the word that I would play against Ron. V-E-S-T-I-G-I-A-L. Vestigial. I think mm-hmm. triple word bonus. Yeah. I miss, you definitely I miss get the, all the idea of sports. <laughs> um, it, is, it is kind of... I mean, it feels like a magic trick that you... Uh, how How quickly... We heard from Addison. I'm just touched. Yeah, I'm touched. Addison, I guess, will ask me to speak directly to you. Thank you so much for tweeting at us. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad someone cryptically sent you the message. Uh, I did like you in third grade. I hope that sits well with you. Yeah. Which maybe brings me, I, I actually had a similar, I didn't bring this up, but I had, um, you know, a similar experience in middle school of people I had a crush on or just thought were like too Say cool for school. Say her name. Say well, her name. His name was Nicholas. Oh, okay. His name was Nicholas. Um, Great. Yeah. Nicholas Offerman. Um, older, older than the rest of the students. Um, oh, this is a joke. I, I really yeah. thought you were going to share in this embarrassment. And I was like, I, yeah. Nick Offerman, Adam Scott, Megan Mullally, if you are listening, if someone, I hope someone <laughs> cryptically sends Nick Offerman a text that just says the timestamp. Uh, and he's I, like, I like that as a way of communicating of just like it feels kind of like a Bible verse of like fifty eight fifty, sort of an omen. <laughs> Anything with a code that needs to be decoded, you're in board with. I'm in board. On board. Totally in. Well, okay. Next time you misspeak, I'm going to call it out. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me during the a story recap how I was feeling about Mark. I'm sort of curious. How are you feeling about Mark? When we were watching, you mentioned you had a lot of thoughts, some from a friend. I want to let's <laughs> let's talk about Mark. No, well, I think um, I mean we've talked about how Mark is like this straight man to a lot of things. We talked about him as like a proto Jim character in a prank free life. Um, but I but I think there's something I was just thinking on this watch where it's like maybe. Maybe most people in the world have like a bit of Mark in them, mm. you know, or, or it's sort of like he is just he's there to like get through his day. There's like Mark isn't he's not there to make any friends. Like I sort of have this feeling where it's like actually one of the reasons that I, I take and take issue with his character or have trouble with it sometimes is because like. It feels like he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be at his job, which is actually like a very relatable. <laughs> See, <laughs> I just still like, okay, so something I love about this is that we talk about him as the gym straight man, 
Mm -hmm. But the person who gets to sort of straight man Mark this episode, Anne, I almost called her Karen because we're talking about The Office. She asks Mark, do you know that you were on the record? And he goes, well, I didn't know. We were just like in bed. And she goes, well, did you say off the record? And he says, no. And she she gives this look. And then the same look she gives again when uh, when Mark they almost get out of it. They almost get yeah. out of the sticky situation. And then Mark has to be like such a dick to Shauna Mawe <laughs> Tweep after just sleeping with her. And Anne's face just being like, ugh. Is the is the straight man, the like Jim straight man that I crave mm-hmm. because he's being bad and she straight mans it. For those, I just realized should we explain what a straight man is? Because we keep throwing this around. Just real quick, like in comedy, if someone's being like super goofy, the straight man comes in and sort of calls out the goofiness so that almost like the audience is the straight man. So like if we'll, we'll do something goofy. <laughs> okay, you guys can't see this right now, but I'm doing something incredibly goofy. <laughs> and I come up and I'm like, Wow, that's uh, quite a goofy thing. The audience laughs out of recognition. Um, and so that's when we talk about streaming. I just realized maybe we should mention what that is. No, but I think that's um, great. it only works if the person, almost like if the audience feels like the person deserves to be called out. And because Mark does so many things that deserve calling out, her straight manning is more earned than his. Yeah, or he, one thing that I like about this episode is that it's the first time that his, his power is really like undercut in a way. And we, and we see him being oblivious, Yeah, you know, where it's like, cause he's smooth up until like the third act of the episode when suddenly he gets them into like more hot water by saying something on the record that he shouldn't have. You kn- um, or well, no, what are you thinking? Well, I had this improv teacher, James Mastriani, if you're listening. I'm sorry. I feel like we can use first and last names because Addison Williams <laughs> was listening, um, who loved in improv scenes to be the straight man. And mm-hmm. he said, you know what? People shit on straight the straight man in an improv. Everyone wants to get to be the goofy, weird thing. It's more freeing and fun. But he goes, I love being the straight man because it just undercuts that in audience relatability. The problem is with Mark is like, in every moment, it's, and I know we're almost talking about like five different things, but it's like in mm-hmm. every moment when he tries to straight man, he's just sort of an ass. And James was always like, it doesn't have, the straight man doesn't have to come in and stop the fun, which is almost mm-hmm. what Mark's character as the straight man was, does. He's almost, I call him like the wet blanket, but it's like, the, and James was always like, the straight man, people assume the straight man has to come in and be like, Will, stop doing that goofy thing. But really, mm. the straight man is just gets to, with joy, be the voice of the audience. And it's like, I just feel like he fails. I don't know. I, I almost, no, I, but- I hear you. I, th- I think another thing that the uh, that a person playing the straight man role does is it keeps the show grounded in its own reality. And so- Part of what we're describing is that there's a friction between what the reality of the show is and the reality that Mark is keeping us grounded in. And that like Mark's reality is more cynical and more individualistic and more like um, 
is his reality is very much connected to him, right? And that it's like he will help if it's if it's either if it benefits him or if it's easy. At but least I, at the beginning of the show, I, I think. Because I kind of almost disagree yeah. with you. Like I feel like I if if they had leaned into that, if Mark leaned into I'm a guy who in every ounce hates my job. Mm-hmm. And like uh, we <laughs> that's not the most fun thing to be. But if they had leaned into that more and more to a comedic point, then maybe I'm on board. But uh, and this is I don't even know if this is a spoiler so much as a looking ahead. He just becomes the definition of blah. Instead, it's like he can't choose a path. And this is not, you know, I love this show. This is my favorite show to remind people listening. I know every word to this show. I love it so much. So when I talk about the blah, it's just like, (laughs) it's almost like fascinating how much of a wet blanket he is. And there's, it just, it feels like every time, it's like if, if we're thinking a literal wet blanket, it's like every time there's a spark and I feel like a fire's about to pop up and be the joyful show I love. Mark comes and jumps on that fire. Well, it feels like the uh, the the show is like making a show is like building a house for yourself and all your friends that you can go and like hang out and escape in. It's like a nice little cabin. But in the early seasons, maybe they thought Mark as a wet blanket was like a load bearing wet blanket. So it's like the weight of the like the ceiling is resting on this wet blanket. And then at some point they like take the wet blanket away. And it's like, Oh, we don't need this. <laughs> like right. the structure stands actually, about it. <laughs> you've just jogged my thoughts too. something that you said. He is the oh, relatable oh, guy. He, he hates his job. No, but I like that. Okay. If we come, if we're comparing him to Jim helper, Jim mm-hmm. in the, in the pilot of the office literally goes like, so this is what my job is. And then he goes, I'm sorry. I just like fell asleep saying that. And he hates his job, and we can relate to that. But he loves Pam from the first episode. He's in love with her. So he Mm. might hate his job, but he's there, and he cares about something, and he loves it, and we know why he's there. In later seasons, Jim shows that the the reason he stays in Scranton at this job is his love for Pam. If if Mark's going to hate his job... I want to know what he loves and we don't, he doesn't love anything. So while I can relate to the, oh God, he doesn't love anything. He doesn't even like anything usually. So I think that's the frustration. That's the difference for me. Yeah. So you don't have a crush on him in this moment. Is that fair to say? I've already told you, I've never been. (laughs) And the the crazy thing is too, okay, this is actually a spoiler. So skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Uh, It's not a huge spoiler. It's just, you know, a baby one. So Anne watches this behavior with Shauna Malway Tweep. And later she wants to be in, then gets in a relationship with him. It just, there's nothing. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, because Jim loves something. There are so many examples of characters on TV that we enjoy watching that hate stuff. But they also care about something usually. Do you think we're also? Do you think you're harder on Mark too because of how much he means to Leslie in the early season? 
I mean, do you um, think that you're more critical of his character, not just for the role he plays in the show, but also because sure. you I mean, feel because sort of like protective and, and love for Leslie and it's sort of like, don't waste your time. No, that's <laughs> like a great that question. I think yeah. that, you know, the, the audience criticism of season one is that Leslie is not as smart as she later will be, right? That's mm-hmm. like a, a general criticism that like she was too much Michael Scott. And you can break that down. Like I told you first, like it's harder to write flawed characters when they're female that people like versus when they're male. Like there's unfair sexism to it. I'm going to say this in a very direct way. I feel like the scenes that Leslie is in with Mark, she just acts stupid. Like I, and I get that part of it is that when you have a crush on someone, you, you know, you act Mm -hmm. a little goofy, but I think the thing that the audience doesn't like about Leslie is just, highlighted in her mark scenes yeah like she's more capable around other people yeah no i i think yeah even like she messes up with shauna sure but it's sort of an endearing capable person that cares too much with mark it's like she can't even read the room and maybe that we're just meant to believe that this is what someone who has a crush looks like but even mm-hmm. that last moment where she's like, well, you believe the park's going to get built. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she doesn't pick up on anything. It's just frustrating. Yeah, I wonder if there's something, too, with uh, thinking about who so much of Parks and Rec is about, like, becoming closer to like the dream version of yourself or like mm-hmm. living in the dream version of your town and yeah. which means like having dreams right like having things that you're working towards and in it feels like maybe especially in this first season a lot of Leslie's dreams sometimes the dream itself is like part of the joke right where it's like her dream government employee is Mark Brandanowitz and he you know, is like, it's just a job. He's not like, she sort of idealizes him both as a man and as a like public employee. You know, it's like, he knows how to get stuff done. When instead, like the show shifts and lets her figure out how to be like effective in her own way. Like not, she's not following in like the image or the pattern of another character. We've talked about this, I feel like in the last episode where it's, you know, you have, you have these goals or you have these heroes, but part of what makes an interesting hero is, is being able to really look up to people and then shift where you're looking to your own path and go in that direction. Totally. Um, and she and, also just, I mean, she's, yeah. she constantly goes to him for help. He constantly shits on her. And like the Leslie Nope of future seasons solves her own problems in sometimes she gets help and friendships and love is is the moral of the story but Mm -hmm. it's also just frustrating you know like when she messes something up in this early season she turns to this guy who calls her a dork not in a nice way or you know sleeps with the i just i think i i found a lot of funny things I love in these early season episodes. But my issue 
I know a lot of people have issues with Mark, so it's not just me, but this one was a Mark heavy episode and I yeah. felt it. I, I would love to hear from the Brandanowitz heads out there from the yeah. Mark apologists. Um, Cause I, I don't think this is the only way to experience the show. Um, but I, yeah, I also think, you know, we, we talk a lot about like, it's like, this is a hard show to spoil and this is, but, but it's interesting how much of season one so far has been talking about like what's to come um like like it's a yeah. little bit like to use a park to think in terms of parks of like we're all of these early episodes are like planting seeds that will grow into so many of our favorite moments later in the show yeah and and it's it's so easy for us right now to like look at an episode that's a little seed that we just put in the dirt I and mean, like and we be see like, it yeah, but also yeah. then like judge it in relation to a full yeah. grown tree. Well, you know? I think, but like a lot of times, a lot of season ones get really judged. The Office, Thirty Rock, but those I feel like with Thirty Rock or The Office, they're having so much wild fun in season one, even if mm-hmm. it's not the show it will grow into. And I feel like Parks and Rec, there are moments of so much fun, but the. F- but they start, like you said, in, in past things that you've told me, it starts to trust its characters as it goes mm-hmm. on. So it's not just that, oh, like season one's not as polished or they're not. who they, It's it really like doesn't trust the characters. But then to devil's advocate myself. They're, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need me here? <laughs> yeah. I'll just the rest of this will be me making a point And then can I please me play devil's advocate? Point. Can you whisper what you want me to devil's advocate for you? And then I I can do the whole voice. Organ music can understand. Oh, I tried to whisper it. It didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Do you remember what you were going to devil's advocate? Yeah, I was going to say, like, watching it through with you, I kept being like, well, that's a funny thing. Oh, that's so funny. And, like, that's really fun. And so, like, I, I'm really hard on parts of this episode. But then watching it through, I'm like, oh, that's really funny. Or like, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that, like, Seeing Leslie in this state justifies some of her later growth. Like, she mentions to Anne in a later season, like, all these bad dates she's been on. And you're like, Leslie got into that? (laughs) And we'll get there. But I think it's because she was once this person. Not to tie it all back to Addison Williams, but I'm going to. Wow. It's like, who I was in middle school and high school, who, like had my list of people. It's very different than who I am on a podcast naming names. So maybe okay. that's like Leslie. No, nope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, but I, I, yeah, I think that's something that can, that I've been really enjoying about revisiting these early episodes too, is like, is, is, Kind of like I'm kind of at the stage of my life now where I'm just for the first time able to just enjoy my most embarrassing moments from high school and middle. Like I'm kind of just like 10 years later, just starting to be able to just be like, what a goof that guy was, you know, where like even just a few years ago, I would still like flush, (laughs) like thinking about something embarrassing that happened or like a mistake Uh, that I made. My recommendation is go on and go on reality TV on national television and then you just have to accept all your flaws because the internet will tell you them back. (laughs) I was going to ask, did you, 
in thinking about the TV show that you were on. Yeah. I'm playing a little game where I pretend that I'm not legally allowed to say its name. I no. thought we just were never going to mention it. We're like, this is separate from that show, so we won't yeah. say it ever. <laughs> it is taking place in a different universe. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, did you feel – so, the, like, the scene when they're in the conference room and Shauna has the little tape recorder, did you ever have those moments, like, mid-confessional scene on Survivor where you're like talking to someone well, and you're the like the thing is the difference is you are not in control at all. So I feel like more like this was how we started our podcast. We kept stopping it yeah. like, oh gosh, oh gosh. So much more the podcast than like a an island show confessional. I definitely think I will say actually this is uh this is a great question because now I'm thinking um the first so so later on, no. Yeah. But at first I was so scared to say something and then be wrong. We're talking about Survivor, if if you're really confused. Um, the first like time we went to Tribal and the first vote, I was so scared mm-hmm. to be like, so-and-so's going home and then yeah. get blindsided. <laughs> I was like, they're going to make me look so dumb. So the producer kept out. So who do you, th- so he was like, so who do you think's going home? And I was like, well, I think it's maybe. It could be, it, there's a small chance it's this person, but I could be totally wrong. I like wouldn't give him a straight answer so much so that after Tribal happened, they had to reshoot that whole confessional. <laughs> and I, he was like, so who do you think's going home? And I had to say, I think Figgy's going home, knowing I was wrong because he didn't have complete sentences for me. That's how, so to answer your question, yes, actually. Is, um, is that the tribal where you – there's like a long scene of you trying to figure out who to write down? Yeah. So it ter- turns out I didn't know who was going home. So <laughs> I was right to doubt myself. But um, it is – the scary thing is that uh, the tape recorder isn't in, within reach on Survivor. If you say yeah. something, it's not right there. <laughs> uh, but that's a great question. No, I actually related to a lot of this episode because I feel like I – I've been on both sides. Like I yeah. have been interviewed and I have done a lot of entertainment journalism. I've written for men's health, people, Mike. Go check me out. <laughs> I forgot yeah. that people was the name of a magazine. <laughs> I've written for people. Lots of I people. Thought you were, I thought you were calling our audience people. I thought you were like, I've written for men's health people. <laughs> I really I'm liked it. For, yeah, uh, you can Google Hannah Shapiro Men's Health and, and read some of my articles. But um, yeah, get those clicks. I yeah, get I'm getting them. <laughs> no, I feel like you know I am the reporter sometimes, and I'm also mm-hmm. the Leslie Nope on the other end of it. So I've been I've been both. I think in thinking about that feeling of being like both the reporter and the subject and then also thinking about you describe just like that what sounds like a bizarre you know experience at tribal council also it connects in my mind to this feeling of anytime you live through a moment that you've seen a bunch of times before you know it's sort of like when you're living in a moment that you've seen on tv whether that's tribal council or i think whether that's like a first kiss you know, like whether if, if there's something that you've seen a ton before and then suddenly you're living that in that moment or you're living through that experience, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get in your head of like playing both roles where it's like Leslie has seen so many 
she like knows exact you know she's a binder full of like how to stay on message so so much so that when she's finally being interviewed she's like playing tennis with herself a little bit you know or she's like gets in her head because she's imagining she's already imagining like the finished article and how bad yeah. it will be if she says the wrong thing. I mean, I like that that in this episode we start to see Leslie the overthinker. I think that's something yeah. about her I love. She yeah, writes yeah, yeah. 30 prep questions. She she, you know, Mark is the first person that she goes that goes to JJ's diner and has like a planning session. Um I see this is a quality I like. I said Jerry's diner. Did you? Unforgivable. It's because I'm sad. There's a Jerry's diner in Chicago that just closed. I think but I can't bring my baggage into this. No. JJ's. JJ's. Well, I this is the thing. There are qualities about her, like her over yeah. like you were saying, she's pictured this so many times and getting to do this makes her almost have a breakdown because she wants to do well so bad. That quality mm -hmm. that leads her into a pickle is a good one. But yeah. then there's like the opener, which is, you know, very funny. But her and Jerry are leading a nature walk of preteens, not teens, because when they did it with teens, someone got pregnant. <laughs> um, and like she eats a plant she shouldn't. And then her tongue like gets big. She just like puts a plant that Jerry shows her in her mouth. And it feels like in a later season, Jerry would have eaten the plant and yeah. got in his tongue exploded. We don't know who Jerry is yet. And we also don't really trust who Leslie is either. And so she's the one that does that. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, I know. You've seen it so many times and then you're like, oh. I mean, that's how I felt being on Survivor too because- I'd worked in reality TV production right before I was on Survivor. I know it said barista on the show, but that Wait wasn't that true. <laughs> yeah, I'd worked. What, what show were you working on? This show, Famously Single, where famous people live in a loft and get a lot of therapy. <laughs> uh, but I was like on the production side. And so suddenly yeah. I was on the other side and it was a real mind trip. So. I've been both sides of reporter reporting. I've been both sides of production. You've done it all. I've devil's advocated myself. <laughs> Truly, like that description of my own anxiety is like, oh, I'm devil. I'm devil's advocating myself. <laughs> Just like uh, playing an exhausting game of racquetball alone in a sweaty room. Um, I thought one last one last uh, Mark thought. And then Doesn't I'm, have to be the last mark. Thought. I'm I'm putting a personal embargo on myself because there's other there's other things we got to cover. You know, maybe I guess he's in a, he's in a lot of it. I just want to talk about Scrabble. I'll be honest. Okay. Um. And and what I imagine the C story would have been if Donna had gotten a shot is something else that I would like to at least touch on. But I think the thing that you said about you know. Leslie having uh, like thinking through every possible scenario and is both what makes her an optimist and in some ways a realist. Like she has a binder in which she's thought through all the options and she's choosing to believe that, you know, there's a version that will lead to something better. Um, but I think she's absolutely doing that with Mark, right? Where she like is... She is interacting with like a hypothetical version of him 
Mm. Right? Like she's she's interacting with her idealized version. Is that what we do when we have crushes, though, in general? Yeah, I, I think that's why we talk about it. I think it's why our impulse is to like jump back to middle school and high school. Like some of my favorite stuff lately has has been like pin 15, eighth grade shows that are like and movies that are just of that moment that both show uh, like cast sort of like an honest gaze onto a like preteen or teen crush. Where you like see what this person actually looks like because you're watching the show now. But then So Addison Williams, did I <laughs> build you up in my head when I was a third grader? Or are you as great as I imagined? Let us know. This whole it's podcast lot, will just be addressed to us. Yeah. We're the podcast is slowly becoming like a a pretty good plot for a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they reconnected this, through a podcast. <laughs> but is the is the moral of the rom com? He was really Mark Brandanowitz, <laughs> <laughs> and she's good on her own. Um, wow, I I'm think, I'm the pessimistic rom com character. I would say this is she's this got is mail where, 2020. <laughs> I'd say this is where your book begins. The last. The rest is still unwritten. You know. Um, you know, I before we jump into the Scrabble, (laughs) I I know we both want to talk about this exciting B story. I just like I I have so much empathy for Leslie in this episode where everything she does with Shauna Malway tweet makes it worse. Um, you know, just being on the other side of interviews, like I I had a castmate give this interview and had a very complex answer about Christianity and how this one person may have viewed her because of it. And the headline just became, I don't think X wanted to talk to me because I was a Christian. (laughs) Um, And it's just so easy to get so passionate and say the wrong thing. I also like on the red carpet of my season had a reporter be like, well, did you know you could beat the, like, the winner was going to win? You must have known. Like, we had him high in our rankings. And I wanted to be like, well, what did you think? Yeah, at the time, without his winner story or edit, I what I could see at the time, I thought I had a chance. Like, what? Did, yeah. And then I almost, but then you have to be careful because I can't, you know, the headline could yeah. easily be Hannah screams edit, which is not what it is. Um and yeah, I, you know, I had another instance where I talked with this. I just got Gabby with a girl and I just <laughs> talked for like an hour and it got boiled down to two paragraphs. It wasn't what I wanted. And then I got angry. <laughs> and then my friend was like, you can't get angry at the reporter. They can report on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So I I understand. I think especially when it's about silly things, like how easy it is to be misunderstood yeah well it's sort of the same with like oh right we're all we're all reducing each other all the time (laughs) so that we can have these like a nice little box that we can interact with but to be very clear i'm also a reporter and media i'm devil's advocating myself (laughs) i'm gonna lose my job hannah (laughs) before you can speak well i'd like to devil's advocate myself 
I'm like the target demographic for devil's advocating. You know, I'm, I'm a, a cis hetero white man. I, I've been devil's advocating since forever. <laughs> Put um, me in, coach. He says oh. to the coach, who's the devil. <laughs> we got uh, some fan art, and I'm riding on the high of like, are there little yeah. phrases? Like, could there be devil coach? Like, I'm, I'm kind of chasing. We're going to talk about our fan art. I know. We're very I'm just excited very, about it. Very thankful for the opportunity. No, at the same time, I've been a reporter, and I've, I know that um, you're just trying to get the truth out there. Yeah, And there's so much good media and vilifying the media is really detrimental because then corrupt people can get away with things. If all, if you, if there's no truth to look at, if there, if yeah. the media is all lies, then you can do whatever you want. And, you know, reporters and editors, they're, they're trying to hold people accountable. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think there's something too of like going back to, thinking about season one in the context of all the other seasons of this show, which is also like, there's something about you only have so much time, you know, you have like a, a 22 minute window into the lives of these people. Um, but because there are all these seasons, you get to spend like hours and also in a way years with them. So, so, so then that, you know, time is a construct <laughs> and it, it works in both directions where like they the characters become you know more human to us over time and the more we get to know them the more complicated and complex they get to be and i think also like bigger in a in a, like a comedic sense like once yeah. we know the ways in which they're grounded and like what you were saying like what they love well, there's that you tv know? trope of like characters i forget what it's called where characters if it's done wrong, which I don't think it is in Parks and Rec, characters become mm -hmm. almost cartoonish versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like a little thing. Like if Will, as a cart as a grounded human, always says from my heart, by season six, he's singing a song about his heart. Like sometimes TV shows take it too too far where they're mm. almost like, yeah, they're almost like animated versions of themselves. But I feel like Parks and Rec, I think, does it the right amount. Yeah. Um, I think so. But, you know, Will has been itching to talk about this Scrabble thing. I am so excited <laughs> we're here because I play words with friends, but I don't play with friends. I play the team option in words with friends where it's the first team to get to 250 and i play with strangers and i've gotten very good i'm always like team leader i get the most points for my team so words with friends teams yes does that mean that you're playing both sides no i don't devil's advocate <laughs> is devil's think, advocate the right word am i saying the word wrong no i think that's probably true i was i was imagining like that pixar cartoon where you're playing chess against yourself no it As means a, like you're an old with strangers. Um, and I can see their photos before we start and I try to guess who's going to be good at it, but I don't play words with friends with, with friends. So I think I'm doing it wrong. I got it. I got it. So it's not cause there's, I, I've been thinking about that of like, what, it, what's a game you can play with someone to like stay in touch. Do you have anything like that where it's like a game that you're playing? Um, well I've joined, 
<laughs> I've joined a so I had a friend who hosted a lot of game nights and yeah. he invited me to a virtual werewolf game. And then through him, I connected with this group and we play they play werewolf for like eight hours a night, every night. But once Whoa. or twice a week, I'll join in and I play virtual werewolf over Zoom. That game has started stressing me out because <laughs> it's just people Lying. you're like trying to figure out who to yeah. kill. Right. But I will say it's it's yeah. fun because there's a lot of conversation and it's a lot about what people's behaviors are. I like games like that where it's not um, where you get to like almost hang out in a fun way. It's like a roller mm. coaster of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Um, what do you think Tom gets out of this relation? This like low status relationship I mean, of letting Ron Tom- win. Yeah, I think Tom's a mover and a shaker. I think he's interested. I mean, he says later on in 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 parks, like he's in government for the connection so he can eventually build a business. So he doesn't mm. really care about being good at his job because he doesn't want to be in this job. He cares about connecting with Ron as a potential future business person. So he's just trying to. But then it does beg. It begs the question, I think, of would Ron want to be business partners with someone who can't spell a three letter word? You know, yeah. Do you play Scrabble? I well, I've just started playing. I got it. We got a board for for Christmas. Ooh, yeah. That's the holiday with the tree. (laughs) You know, Christmas. (laughs) It's a good one. Yeah. Me Um, and my Jewish roommate were in an elevator once, and it smelled like pine cone, like pine needles, mm -hmm. and. We couldn't figure it out. We kept talking about it. And then we realized it was Christmas time and it was a Christmas tree had been in there. <laughs> Being a Jew. I felt that I felt that way with with like Jewish holidays when I went to Northwestern. I was like, what? What is everyone up to tonight? What do you mean everyone? <laughs> it was still a small portion of people. Compared compared to Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Arkadelphia, Arkansas. See, compared to Brookline, where there were, I used to think Jews were like half the world. Yeah. And then I looked at a pie chart in like eighth grade and realized we're less than like 1%. <laughs> but I'm from such a Jew heavy town. Yeah. So the thing is, I, I get why Tom loses on purpose. But in my family, it's that would be sacrilegious. You can't lose a game. Yeah. No, I agree. Intentionally. It's just. We, I'm too competitive for that. (laughs) I've, you know, I like in sixth grade had one friend, Elizabeth Mickeljohn. I'm just going to keep saying people that I had their first and last name. And I beat her at Monopoly like 26 times. And I should have let her win one. (laughs) But you don't do that. It's not what we do. No, and I think think April knows that. We see April's strong moral compass right now, which is what she will be known for. just want more april i want more jerry and i want donna that one shot of donna were there speaking of like one shots or one little moments as someone who's watched the show a ton of times were there any little moments that you like noticed for the first time or really sparked for you in this watch Mm. i have one okay let me hear yours first i I just say same (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I had to vote this over where when Leslie goes over to hang out with Anne in Anne's house and makes her a cup of tea and you see Leslie just like keep adding tea bags to the tea that she's drinking 
And oh my I just, gosh. I just like the idea that like, well, first, I just like that as a bit. Like I like imagining Amy Poehler. Like I, that's not written in the script where it's like, you know, it's not an actual joke. That's a joke that like an actor makes when they're on set and they're like, I'm just going to keep adding tea bags to this cup I did of tea. notice that she threw it in weird, but I didn't <laughs> notice until you said something how many tea bags she had. Yeah, they're like multiple strings kind of draped around the edge. Um, I'll connect mine to yours. I just think like the moments that were really funny were funny, I realized too, because I mean, like Amy Poehler has an improv sketch SNL background. She mm-hmm. just makes things funny. Like she does a look. It's her timing is so good. Yeah. Like that scene where uh, Shauna, she's just figured out Shauna has slept with Mark. Yeah. And she's re she's being interviewed again by the pit and Shauna goes, like, how big is the pit? And she just sort of looks off. And it's just so funny. <laughs> I had another thought just now that we haven't really talked about Andy much in this episode. He yes. Has, Andy and Anne have some really fun moments. Um, I was just thinking about like this feels like the beginning of well, I guess it's all the beginning. It's season one, well, but um, like we see Andy playing Wii and like half joining in, half joining in the conversation, and he's like playing Wii tennis or something. Um, and it feels like they're letting they're starting to let Chris Pratt like be more Play. and more playful, yeah, yeah. and like. I mean, people yeah. complain because I think Anne and and Anne and Chris Pratt, Anne and Andy, just like just like uh, Liz Lemon <laughs> and Alec Baldwin, yeah. uh, Anne and Andy are both not their best selves in this relationship, and because of it, mm-hmm. they're less likable when they're either single or in other relationships. But they do have reasons they like each other. Yeah, the <laughs> the moment of this episode when Andy is just like. Like, oh, what did he say? They hook up, like called it. And Anna's just like, yeah, he did call he did. it. And then he's like, <laughs> well, he's thinking with his other head. Oh, I hate when men say that. Like, he's kind of becoming himself. Yeah. Because Chris Pratt was supposed to be like a brief character on the show and was just so good that they made him a main character. Uh, but, you know, he's just supposed to be Anne's girl, uh, Anne's girlfriend. He's supposed to be Anne's boyfriend. Um, and that's it at yeah. first. And so figuring out what the writers started discuss, like we're watching the writers discover that he should be a main character. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fun to watch that. And every time um, April was in the same room as Andy, we would go, she loves him. She just yeah. loves him, even though <laughs> she's not doing anything yet. Yeah. And there's a fun I mean, Andy plays a crucial role in this episode when he reveals that he falls into the pit because he's he just got super drunk. <laughs> he's going after a toaster. toaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we start to that feels like such a good thing of like again thinking about the reporter. This feeling of Leslie is trying to do a thing that she's seen before of like building the story around this, you know, this martyr, this hero who has fallen into the pit. And and just like, well, the more time you spend with people, the more you're going to realize that, like, maybe we're all just chasing our toasters, <laughs> stumbling, oh. stumbling through pits. <laughs> I just you know, this episode makes me excited to 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 watch the characters become themselves. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, and then a lot of frustration, 
again with our mark. But I, unless there's anything else you want to, you're like, oh, shoot, she forgot to talk about uh, Mark's car. I think I'm ready to hear some town halls. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Taylor Swift's album, The Day We're Recording, (laughs) is coming out tonight at midnight. And um, I thought, is it not? I've just seen a picture of her looking sad, scared, alone in the woods. She announced today on Instagram that an album drops at midnight with 16 songs. Just think, by the time that people listen to this, we're going to all know all the words to the songs. <laughs> That's exciting to think about. Um, no, let's, do, let's go to our town halls. Yes. Let's, because I want to say again before we jump in, it's been so much fun to have people reach out and say they're listening, send us voicemails, emails, townhall at pawneepublicradio.com, tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. It's been great. Will, this is your... First big experience stepping into that realm. How does it feel? Of of hearing, hearing opinions on getting, you, getting words, getting from feedback friends. from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way. How does it feel? I, I everyone's been really nice. <laughs> That's mostly true. No, it's it's been great. I feel like uh, I I just keep learning more and more that it's. It's nice to to just throw out words and thoughts and ideas. It's going to say void. That feels disrespectful. Um, no, but I'm always surprised by like what sticks, what feels like sticky to people or what's exciting either about an episode of TV or a podcast about an episode of TV. And I think it's a thing that I love about. It's a thing I love about stories. And it's a thing that I love about talking about stories where like a thing that I will think is obvious will be like news to someone else because I'm the only one with my brain and a thing that will feel like, you know, the most important to one of our listeners, maybe I'll forget about or, or won't notice. And so I, it feels like, um, a hug from a bunch of internet strangers, a hug from a bunch of (laughs) internet strangers. And also I think like, I'm excited to, to do this for the whole show. And it just feels like I'm going to learn more about, myself <laughs> and Parks and Rec than I ever would have been able to by myself. Please call you know? in so that Will can learn more about himself. It's our favorite part of the podcast. We get to hear from the people listening. The citizens of the pod cast. <laughs> Too casual. <laughs> uh, the first the first voicemail uh, we're going to listen to, which is through our speak pipe which you can find the link to on our Twitter at Radio Pawnee, is mm-hmm. from Shawnee from the Block, who also we need to take a moment and thank because Shawnee from the Block made us fan art. Which, we, if I'm going to be honest, is kind of why I got into this whole thing in the first place. <laughs> um, it's, it's at Sean James to use. And... Shawnee from the block tweeted at us this beautiful thing, the virgin gym teacher versus Chad, the substitute gym teacher, which was a reference from the last podcast. Um, 
And it's just so beautiful. Uh, Chad, the substitute gym teacher, knows 15 Hannah's C story to your B story. Has a great eyebrow day every day. Lots of inside jokes from episode two. If you tweet fan art at us, we'll be happy for days. We'll be happy to describe it to everyone else. (laughs) Um, Um, No, it really, really just like cheered me up and is super. I sent it to Will and I went, we have fan art. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And Shawnee from the block. We're big fans of Shawnee from the block now. So we're going to play the voicemail sent in by citizen Shawnee from the block first because of the fan art. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Shawnee from the block. With all the Scribble talk this episode, I have to wonder, who from Parks and Rec is still playing Words with Friends in 2020? Thanks. Thank you, Shawnee from the block. For everything. We're just, (laughs) we're going to send fan art of you. I think maybe Ron has just started playing. But he was you playing know? in the episode. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I, I got to start paying attention to these episodes we're watching. Um, who's still playing? I feel like... I, I mean, feel like... Donna might have like a... She might be playing with some like, you know... C-list, B-list celebrities. I feel like yes. maybe she has like a ritual. Her and her cousin Jenny Wine back and forth. Um, for those who are not watched, have not watched Parks and Rec before, and just know Donna from the one second shot of her, you're in for a treat coming coming soon to a yeah. podcast near you. As you might have surmised, I, I you know I like to think that maybe here's here's one out of left field. April and Tom play together. This was like their first moment of friendship. And even though it's tension, I think maybe they still play together, ironically. <laughs> and maybe they both try to get the lowest score. I think Leslie in 2020 plays Words with Friends with Anne and just sends her compliments. Because this episode was one of the early cases of Leslie complimenting Anne. She started to go I off. That. She said beautiful, innocent, all that. Shawnee from the block, thank you so much for the fan art and for the question. The next voicemail... We got, so the first episode of Town Halls, which was last episode, episode two, we got two messages from Connor. Connor R. and Connor Young. Yeah, from Connor's. Connor sent us two very sweet messages. Uh, Connor R. and Connor Young are back again this week. They're starting to become reoccurring characters in the Pawnee Public Radio Town Hall, which I'm thrilled about. So should we start with Connor R or Connor Young? Well, which one? Let's just, let's be alphabetical, you know? Okay. So Connor R. Hello, Pony Public Radio. This is Connor R. I have a question for you guys. It's actually more of a mystery. Uh, Ron says that his ex-wife, Tammy, who is a bitch, his words, is terrible at Scrabble. <clears throat> Do we think that he's talking about Tammy 1 or Tammy 2. My theory is that he's talking about Tammy 2 because despite the fact that she's a librarian and should have uh, ample vocabulary, she thinks reading is for nerds. What do you guys think? Thanks, y'all. First off, Connor R., thank you so much for calling in again. Um, We're thrilled to have you back. This contained a lot of spoilers, I'm realizing. Yeah, well, that's on us. And that is on us. Also, I, think we should- I love any question that begins with, 
this is actually more of a mystery. Immediately has me hooked. That's just also, good writing. Also, I love that he said, Ron called her a bitch. His words, not mine. Yeah. I love that he clarified that the character used the bad word. It's important. Um, I think we should maybe wait. Connor R., can you stay tuned a couple more podcasts till we meet Ron's ex-wives? Spoiler alert, he's got two and they're both named Tammy. What do you think? Should we make Connor R. wait on this answer? Yeah, book bookmark it. We'll, bookmark we're scheduling it. another town hall. We'd love for you to come back. We're out of time. <laughs> but no, it's, not it's a great question. T- yeah, it's a great question. I'll and maybe answer your mystery with another mystery, Connor. Uh, I was trying to remember the one with a like a polar bear and a wooden chair with sawdust. I think, but I I don't remember the details, so I'll also come back. It's a mystery. I'll have a mystery. It's yeah. a mystery what that was even supposed to be. It's a mystery mystery, and we'll return to your mystery in uh, Mystery Pod in the mystery future. Thank you so much, Connor. Uh, thank you. And now, Connor Young, the other Connor. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Connor Young calling back from Oklahoma. Unfortunately, I don't watch much sports, so we're going to have to hope the other Connor sent in the sports questions you were requesting. My question centers on the preteen slash teen nature walk. So early in the episode, we see Jerry leading this nature walk that used to be for teens until someone got pregnant. In a few minutes in the episode, we see Leslie talking to Mark about her quote-unquote first interview. However, Mark reminds her that she did an interview with the middle school newspaper. Leslie quickly dismisses that interview as a smear job. Could the smear job actually be because Leslie canceled the teen nature walk, which the teens were obviously having fun with if someone got pregnant? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Oh, this is like some expose journalism. These are good questions. I don't know what you do career-wise, Connor Young, but get to the bottom of it. Find the truth. And we will too. Hannah, what do you what do you think? Yes or no? <laughs> well, I'm thinking of the age of middle schoolers and a teen getting pregnant are I'm not no jokes with this. I'm trying to get to the bottom. Are there teens in middle school? Could it be connected? Mm. Are seventh graders teenagers? My, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't believe in I don't believe in seventh grade teens, teenagers, preteen seventh graders. I don't believe in that. Um, it's a schmear smear job. Yeah, a cream cheese. A breakfast campaign. I think that. I don't think it's connected. I I don't think it's connected. It's, don't think it's connected. But I'm sure there are middle there are middle schoolers who are drawing that. You know, I'm sure that that is like one of the many conspiracy theories at Pawnee Middle School. Uh, then what was the smear job if not about the uh, nature walk? I kind of like imagining that it was about the penises. <laughs> it was either definitely about the penises, or or was just like a class project of you know interview a public official and. <laughs> Some for some reason, some kid just really had it out for her. <laughs> just really let her have it. I really, really love that. Uh, that <laughs> it was just supposed to be like meet your local politician. Um, for those who didn't watch the episode uh, and don't understand why we just said the word penis, uh, a, a, a part that got uh, a project that got defunded that Leslie talks about was there's there were all these penises drawn on murals around Pawnee. And she had a campaign to try to get them taken down, and the funding got cut. So now the penises are still there. Yeah, I think just, they, uh, yeah, they got rid of five penises, but they're one still haunts her. It's a great joke. Yeah. 
Um, I'm really excited. Thank you, first of all, to both the Connors. I hope we keep hearing from you. Yeah. The Connors Town Hall. Um, this next one I'm really excited about because I see Amy Sonheim and your last name is Sonheim. Yeah, chances are high that this is my mom. I mean, and it's not 100 percent but last time. Yeah. yeah. It could be a different Sonheim. Is your mom's name Amy? It is, yeah. Chances are very high. In fact, I'm <laughs> I've listened to it already and I'm sure that it's her. <laughs> Let's hear from Will's mom. Hello. This is Amy Sonheim. I'm Will's mom, and I'm calling from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. I would just like you to comment on how the stand-up comedy influences the sitcom comedy on Parks and Rec. For example, there's a lot of puns, visual puns. Andy doesn't have a leg to stand on. The park situation really is the pits. Thank you. Will, your mom is so sweet. Yeah, First of all, great. like mother, like son. You kept punning. And she loved the puns, <laughs> too. <laughs> I, I played her again. Um, sorry, take that, take that again. It just kept playing her audio. The, um, First of all, your mom is the sweetest. And also, like, like mother, like son, you kept... Noping around with puns. I kept noping around. And yeah, she I loved was... the puns too. All the way from Arkadelphia. Now to get into her question, the stand-up comedy improv background, how does it influence the show? I love this question. It's a great question. Miss yeah. Sonheim. Yeah. And my my mom's an incredible English teacher. So I think she's doing a great deep read of the text here. Uh, I learned from the best. Thank you, mom. Yeah, I, I think there is something of like the word play incorporating itself into, I mean, that's anytime you're like a screenwriter or writing a story, you know, there there might be a pun on the page that then lends itself into like a lived reality of like, no, not a leg to stand on. And so you break both the character's legs and then Andy has to deal with and Chris Pratt as an actor. Yeah. Like I have two casts. <laughs> how do I, how do I figure that out? I mean, I, you know. Miss Sondheim, a, you know, a room full of comedy writers made all these amazing puns. But we will point out later in the show, one of the best lines from the show coming up in a bunch of episodes was actually a Chris Pratt improv, meaning he just came up with it on the spot. We'll get to that joke. But when we do, Miss Sondheim, I will let you know, because that is purely <laughs> because of his comedy background. You are right. Amy Poehler uh, is one of the founders of Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, which is, which is uh, the theater that I wrote on a sketch team with, uh, with it within four for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, they're they're the comedy background definitely makes even the most serious episode very fun. I, There's no serious episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the one serious episode. Yeah, I think I think that is so fun. Where it's like the, um, yeah, and that. Even the visual, even the, like the visual metaphors of the show are are like part of the joke. Like everything is yeah. like part of the same fabric. I love Thanks, it. Miss um, Sondheim, please call in again. Uh, Will, why don't you choose whichever uh, voicemail you want to hit us with next? We have three more. Hey, Hannah and Will. I just love your podcast. 
and I look forward to listening to it every Tuesday morning. My question for you is, should I eat my waffles before watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, while listening to the podcast, or should I only eat the waffles while re-watching the episode of Parks and Rec? Thanks. Now this... This is my mother. We're doing back-to-back moms here. This feels like a very, like, Leslie Nopeism of, like, heavily leaning on the mom content <laughs> in a way that I, I really relate to and, and want to celebrate. My mom has been so enthusiastic um, and so supportive. I love you, mom. She tried to rate us five stars and may have accidentally clicked two stars. If you look at our ratings, they're all five-star and one two-star one. Um, or as we like to call it, the mom review. <laughs> Or maybe it, yeah, so let's try to bump her two-star rating up to a five by killing this question. Killing it in our response? Yes. Earning it? Well, Earning first, it. I, I just Earn like to say- those stars. Maybe she thought that we were two stars, in which case I understand uh... that makes sense. And then my other response is is just yes. I think you can eat waffles before, during, and after. Maybe chew slowly so it's the same waffle. Um, but I think, I think wanna... you should get a new waffle each moment. I think waffles in the in the spirit of Leslie Nope, mm. get a new waffle for before, another waffle for during, another waffle for after, another waffle and a dollop of whipped cream for when you Hannah, watch the episode. Hannah is standing on her desk right now. She got incredibly worked up. <laughs> um, also, if you're if you have your Pony Public Radio bingo card out. Um, this was the first waffle episode, so Yay! make sure you're putting that on there. Yeah, with a side of Mark. Wah, wah. <laughs> Let's right. hit, hit us with one of the final two voicemails, Will. Okay. Hey, Hannah and Will. Hannah's dad here. Love the podcast. Great second episode. Uh, I love the sports focus, especially. I think now that the Dodgers have signed Mookie Wilson for 13 years, they probably don't need any fans. Although, hopefully, they'll get some to pay the $380 million. Go, Mookie. (laughs) Uh, I learn so much from your dad every time he calls. My dad really wants this to be a sports podcast, and he says, you seem to know as much about sports as I do. I think that means that we're, yeah, we're a good team. Um, I didn't understand. I heard the name of a person and an amount of money. Um, Mookie. Mookie Betts. Mookie. We're excited about that. The Dodgers just signed him. I believe oh, he used to be a Red Sox player, which is why my dad is now a fan of the Dodgers. Got it. Congrats. Congrats <laughs> to the Dodgers. Um, what was the question in there? Um, that, that's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> I think it, it felt like maybe more of a statement. We have one more. One more dad. Caller. One, one more dad. Caller. You have to push us. This is Doug Sondheim. I think Pawnee Public Radio is pretty darn good. Uh, I love the segment on small towns, being from a small town. And yeah, keep it up. Good job. All right. Five stars. Bye-bye. Oh, your dad. Oh, shucks. Your parents are so cute. I'd like to point out that both both dads had more of a statement, which is totally acceptable for these town halls. Yeah, you can um, say things, especially with their good job and sports corner. Yeah. And we love Audible five stars. We love 
hearing hearing you say it with your voice, but it does only technically count if you actually rate us. Well, this could, on Apple this Podcast. could actually be a great lead in to our next se- section because we're gonna every week we will read a couple of the five star reviews. Eventually, we have to read them all. So if you go to Pawnee Public Radio on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find us and rate us five stars. We will read your review, and we're about to do that now. All right, it's time to read some five-star reviews. Thank you so much for taking the time to rate us five stars. It really helps us and makes us feel good. And we get to read your fun messages. Will, do you want to start us off? Yeah, this is from Piggy Bottom. Um, Hi, Piggy Bottom. Ah, way to go. Good choice. And they say, I hope you both are having a beautiful day. Which we've checked in about, and I think we are for the most part. Yeah. Piggy Bottom says, first of all, I just want to say how much I loved you in Millennials versus Gen X, and I'm really glad you both get this opportunity to have your own podcast. Thank you on both accounts. That Will, was Will, you were great in Millennials versus Gen X. <laughs> I can't believe you found the idols. I was very sneaky. Uh, Piggy Bottom says, I've actually never seen Parks and Recreation, so I'm watching it along with you guys. I watched episode one before last week, and I just finished, show- I just finished episode two. I guess I've been avoiding it for no other reason than to be contradictory, as I see no real reason to not enjoy it. I'm looking forward to watching more, but I'm committed to staying in order so I can more easily follow along with the recaps. My question for both of you is, which character from the show do you most closely identify with, and why? Thank you, you're amazing. I hope you're staying safe and doing well in the middle of this pandemic. From Chris, I personally think I'm a Leslie. Well, Chris has never seen Parks and Rec, so he doesn't know if he's a Chris. That's a good point. Um, first of all, so excited that you're watching this for the first time because it's a great show and it's really fun to be contradictory. And I get the impulse, but we're glad to have you here. To be contradictory, I'm a Mark. <laughs> Just for pretend. <laughs> but who are you really? I'd like to think that I'm an I'm an Andy. I'm an Andy Andy rising um April moon maybe. So I took two Parks and Rec quizzes this weekend. Uh every Sunday I stream with Mari, my good friend from Millennials Gen X. We stream on her Twitch. It's called Sundays for Sunday. We're raising Monday for our we're raising Monday. We're raising money for our uh Beloved uh, castmate Sunday Burquest, who is um, battling cancer right now. Uh, And it's a really great stream. I hope everyone checks it out. Uh, But on this last stream, we actually took two Parks and Rec quizzes. And I said before the stream started, I think I'm Leslie with a little bit of Ben. That was my guess because I think Mm. I try really hard. It's the it's the Leslie quote. Some somebody's annoying is another person's heroic. And then Ben, who I won't spoil for you, Chris because you haven't met him yet, is uh, the other part of me. And then on the first Parks and Rec quiz, I got Leslie. And on the second one, I got Ben. So please check out the stream, Sundays for Sunday. There's a link on my Twitter, at Hannah Lil Nesson. And thank you so much, Piggy Bottom, Chris, for writing in. Uh, should I read another one? Yeah, take it away. All right. This one is from Greed, money sign at Sign and sign. Actually, the at sign is the last sign. Hi, Greed. Uh, He (laughs) or she titles it 
As solid as Ron's woodworking. Oh, wow. That's so such a compliment. Great podcast. I've seen every episode's episode of PNR once when they aired and have been meaning to do a rewatch at some point. And this is the perfect way to do it alongside others. So glad to have you rewatching with us. You're just like Will. By the way, Hannah, we've briefly met before. I am the guy you were talking to at the bar at the RHAP season 40 premiere when Philip Shepard walked up to you and thought you were Sophie Clark. It's nice to see you again. Greed. Uh, <laughs> that seven was deadly a, sin. <laughs> uh, it's so nice to talk to you again through this podcast. That was such a fun party. We, th- with Rob as a podcast, uh, all watched the season 40 premiere together back when group events were a thing. I had so much fun. Will, the fans at these podcast events, are so nice. I hope one day the world opens up again and you get to experience it because everyone's so friendly. I was gonna and they get to see how tall I am. They get to see finally how tall you are. No, the fans at these events are the best. Like I uh I really wanted quesadillas and so I ordered quesadillas and they just didn't come for like 45 minutes and people kept coming up to me going, did you get your quesadillas yet? Like everyone (laughs) became so invested in this quesadilla adventure. Uh, And yeah, Philip Shepard, who is a survivor player of your, of yesteryear, uh, did think I was someone else. Also, TMZ took a picture of me once and called me Sophie Clark as well. She's very beautiful and smart and cool. And she actually won the show. So I'm flattered. Uh, Nice to talk to you again. (laughs) Not a bad problem. Exactly. I hope that's what you said. Um, It is. It is. Do you want to read another one? Yeah, we got five stars from Warf77BB. Is I think how you pronounce that? Uh, Eagletonian here. All right. A little role play. I'll play along. Uh, Warf says, my name is Steven and I am from Eagleton. I usually find things that come from Pawnee well beneath me. However, this is a good show and good from Pawnee is excellent. I would only lick Will's nose once they learn how to use a bath. That's Mm. the nicest thing I can imagine coming out of Eagleton. Thank you, Worf. Thank you, Worf. We love the creative use of these five-star reviews. Thank you so much. And you got Will licking nose stuff in there, which I appreciate. Yeah, I'm excited to see if that haunts me. I think that could be interesting to see if <laughs> that I, haunts me for not the to circle duration. back to the podcast event, but I did a podcast well uh, with Rob and Akiva have a podcast where I introduced this game where they had to guess the prices of bras and then get points based. I I, I sent in bras and then they, the the bra was described to them and they saw the bra and mm-hmm. they had to guess how much it was. Um, because I explained that bras can be expensive. And then at the podcast event, people kept coming up to me going, so like, have you bought bras? And I thought, this is too intrusive. But I brought it on myself. Like, yeah. I did that to me. But so, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so I hope this is your experience, even though I brought up the licking of your nose. I hope one day you get to experience a podcast event and people come up to you and say they want to lick your nose. As long as they say it. <laughs> And don't do it. Uh, the last five-star star review we're going to read this time, because we're going to keep reading them, we have to read your five-star reviews, is from Martin 2751 Jay says, can Vase talk? This is Carl from Carl's Canned 
vase shop here in Pawnee. I was excited when I heard there would be a canned vase segment on your podcast. Greatly disappointed. Please keep your daggone canvassers away from my canned vase shop. Otherwise, you are delightful. Five star. From Carl, I can vase, you can vase too. That was great. (laughs) I don't even think that needs commentary. I think it's comedy on its own. Yeah, no notes. No notes. No notes. No feedback, but thank you for the five stars. Um, but thank you for all the five star reviews. You can find us at Pawnee Public Radio. We are our our own feed, so we need you to subscribe. Um, it helps us. Then it dings every time we have a new episode Tuesdays. Please keep sending in your five star reviews. They're the best. Um, it's really good for the environment if you do so those. So good for too, the environment because we care about the environment. And if you do, you'll give us five stars. <laughs> um, the last thing we're going to do is one what if from Twitter. That's at Radio Pawnee. It's from Garrett Ehlers at GS Ehlers. <clears throat> Radio Pawnee. Hashtag what if. Shauna Malway tweets article that Leslie thought would derail a mo- all momentum of Perk didn't end with the inspiring words, we'll see. Will, what if there wasn't that hopeful ending? No, we'll see. If it just won't. I mean... It says, we won't see. At the, at the bare minimum, it means that the last five seconds of this episode would be a crestfallen Leslie note. See, at here's the, the thing. I think... I th- oh, Yeah. Or do you think I? I actually I think, think that Leslie finds positivity in whatever Shauna ends with. Like if Shauna point. goes, "These people are terrible," then Leslie goes, "Well, terrible only one way up to go." Or like, <laughs> I just think Leslie's you're right, you're right, you're right. positivity think has started. That was the mark in me talking. Um, yeah, I think she would. I think if there's no hope, Leslie finds it for herself, and I think she gives it to us. And I think, I think she'd take it as a challenge. Bring it on. Two. The bring it on again. <laughs> uh, Leslie Danson. Uh, I, it's been so fun to hear from the listeners again. To know that our parents are listening mainly. <laughs> yeah, all four of them. I can't wait. Can't wait for them to meet the Connors, a- the dads, the moms. It's great. It's going to be so much stand-up sports talk. <laughs> um, I, I think that if, too, if uh, it hadn't ended on a we'll see, I think Donna would have gotten her first line. So we, would have sa- had, we would have had like a five-second C-plot that was just Donna bringing it home. <laughs> oh, man. Just to bring it home ourselves, uh, Will, is there any and any last thoughts on episode three, The Reporter? You'll or have the town to read, halls? you'll just have to read my article, um, which will be published on Tuesday. Oh, no. In a fictional small town paper. Why did um, I have to podcast with someone from the old media? <laughs> That's a line from a later show episode. Thank you. Remember, I love this show. I think that's what I want to remind the listeners. I yeah. may have my critiques, but I love the show. 
And I think if you, and if I love you, you made it, if you made it this far, hashtag preteen nature hike. Um, that's great. Hashtag moment, preteen nature hike. Take a moment to, to enjoy the great outdoors. Please Maybe send while us that to hashtag to let us know you made it. We made it. Should I, should I just text you? Hashtag preteen nature hike to let you know I made it, Will? Yeah, I'll text you too, Hannah. Text your friends. I love uh, you guys. And, <laughs> and just a reminder, one last time, please follow us at Radio Pawnee. My individual handle is at Hannah Lil Nesson. Will's is... I'm at Will Sondheim. You can also email us, townhall at pawneepublicradio.com. We also have a website, pawneepublicradio.com. We have our speak pipe. We want to hear from you. We love our Connors. We love our parents. You could be next. That wasn't a threat. That was just a <laughs> statement. Um, and you but should please, be. please subscribe and rate us five stars because we will continue to read these five-star reviews. Uh, thank you so much. I'm going to go eat some waffles for dinner right now. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye for now. We're so excited. We miss you. 